Hi, welcome to Flywheel Fridays, keeping up with the federal IT news cycle, one conversation at a time. I'm Alexander Bolova, media producer for GovCIO Media and Research. With me today are my wonderful co-hosts, senior researcher Melissa Harris and special guest Nikki Henderson. Melissa and Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Before we dive into the episode, Nikki, can you introduce yourself and your role here at GovCIO Media and Research? Sure, um, no problem. Hi there, Alex and Melissa. Um, it's great to join you for Flywheel Fridays. My name is Nikki Henderson, and I am a staff writer and researcher with GovCIO Media and Research. I work on the national security sector with senior researcher Kate Macri, and um, I cover all things involving Department of Homeland Security and the Defense Department. Um, most of my articles that I write about are about topics like zero trust, automation, and artificial intelligence. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. Since we last spoke, there have been quite a few updates in the federal space, so we're taking today's episode to unpack some recent news. But first, let's start with a brief recap of the Special Operations Command's 2022 Special Operations Forces Industry Conference or SOFIC. Nikki, you were there a few weeks ago. What were your takeaways from the conference? Well, you guys, when I think of SOFIC, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is wow. It was my first time ever covering such an event, so it was sort of a whirlwind experience for me, but I flew in and out of Tampa. I don't even think I was there a good 24 hours, but anyway, it was very educational and fun experience. One of the first sessions I covered was Thomas Kenny, SOCOM's uh, data chief. He discussed how artificial intelligence is key to enhancing um, data management and digital transformation. He also talked about some of his digital transformation goals. One of them, um, he's trying to connect the innovative solutions with the people who need to use them. So he talked about the importance of balancing um, hardware and humans. And I thought this was really interesting. He talked about how people can be augmented and enhanced by machines and feels that once humans and hardware actually come together, great things are in store for everyone. So um, that was a really interesting session um, that I attended. I also uh, took part in a session with SOCOM's CIO, Joe Tragakis. He um, discussed his top priorities, which included people, providing a reliable and uh, secure network experience along with modernization. So he says that right now, zero trust and cyber resiliency, in addition to global mobility, were some of his or some of the command's key focus areas. But he also talked about how SOCOM is currently working on identifying what goes into the cloud and, and what stays on-prem. He really um, went into depth about how SOCOM needs to make sure their regional surface centers are enabled with the appropriate equipment. He said this is very important because these systems and teams need to be able to operate and function in either a denied, disrupted, uh, intermittent, or limited environment. So. Those are just a few of my takeaways from SOFIC. Uh, once again, it was a very um, educational experience and just overall awesome for me. 
And what was it like to be at an in-person event? This was your first in-person event with GovCIO Media and Research, correct? Yes, it was. It was. It, it was incredible. Uh, it, there were a massive amount of people. Um, I just, I wasn't, well, I mean, I was expecting a large, a large number of people, obviously, but it was just, it was a little overwhelming because one, I haven't attended an event like this before. And yes, it had been a couple of years since I had been anywhere where there was a large crowd. So it was overwhelming, but at the same time, exciting because, you know, everybody's kind of gotten back into um, the swing of things. And I think people were just so anxious because we've been isolated for so long. People are anxious, you know, to actually just see people and, and engage with people. And that interaction, um, you just don't realize how much you miss that interaction after, you know, going back into an, an in-person event and a setting like that. It was, it was really neat for me. And I, I'm glad, I was glad to see that there were so many people who were participating. I just wanted to add that I completely agree with you, Nikki. I felt that way when I went to HIMSS, the health IT conference in Orlando in March. I'm looking forward to the same experience going to the RSA conference in San Francisco next week, uh, where I'm sure a lot of the same kinds of topics, especially around cybersecurity, which is like the namesake of the conference, will appear. So um, glad that you know, we're experiencing this at our own events here at GovCIO Medium Research, as well as the other ones that we've been attending and reporting at. Moving on to recent news, Melissa, can you talk about the recent formation of ARPA-H? Yes. So ARPA-H, which is also known as the Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health, is something that certain members of Congress were very excited about, particularly ones advocating for the 21st Century Cures Act 2.0. There was already a Cures Act that passed some years ago, um, but this was one of the stipulations there. This kind of legislation is all around making advancements in healthcare across all health agencies, particularly within HHS. But President Joe Biden took this idea and really advocated for it last year and this year. And when the fiscal year 2022 omnibus passed on March 15th, it authorized HHS to form ARPA-H. This is an independent agency that ended up being formed within the National Institutes of Health that will sort of support transformative high-risk, high-reward biomedical research. So this will range from everything from societal sort of implications of health to molecular, very biomedical kinds of senses of health research. This will include diseases such as cancer, infectious diseases, and Alzheimer's, as well as others. It was modeled or conceived after other agencies that are involved in advanced research projects such as DARPA, which is for defense, IARPA, which is for intelligence, and ARPA-E, which is for energy. HHS Secretary Javier Becerra announced last week upon the formation of ARPA-H 
that Dr. Adam Russell will be the acting deputy director of ARPA-H starting this month, which is June. He will be leaving the University of Maryland's Applied Research Laboratory for Intelligence and Security, where he's been its chief scientist. But previously, he has also spent about a decade working for IARPA and DARPA. So he has quite a bit of time under his belt working in these kinds of formats where there is that, again, high-risk, high-reward research. So right now, ARPA-H is in its very infant kind of stages, but Dr. Russell will oversee the standing up of the agency, which will include the administrative structure and initial, initial operational staff. So it's something to keep in mind when uh, we're talking about the National Institutes of Health and other health research areas across the federal health space. The last news item we're discussing today is the formation of a new DOD office. Nikki, can you tell us about this change? Uh, sure, I can. Um, this is definitely some big news on the DOD front. The chief digital and artificial intelligence officer, uh, which reached initial operating capability back in February, has reached its full operating capability as of June 1st. And what this means is that the Defense Digital Service and the Joint Artificial Intelligence Center, that's a mouthful, will no longer exist as uh, separate entities. So um, this is very interesting because Katie Olson, who was the acting director of the Digital Service, is now Deputy CDAO of Digital Services. And there are actually a number of other deputy CDAOs around capabilities. And another um, interesting fact here is that the uh, Jake Director, Lieutenant General Michael Groen, he actually is retiring after um, a 36-year military career. So because of this new office and all of the merging, um, there obviously are a lot of um, personnel changes underway. And in fact, um, in April, former Lyft executive Craig Martell was named the CDAO, and his office will now report directly to Deputy Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks. So um, just a lot of changes, um, a lot of merging, and this uh, new office, the CDAO, um, which will be responsible for all of like DOD's strategy and policy on data and AI, is expected to have full administrative alignment by October 1st. So I hope that kind of clears up what's going on with the, um, with the new office. That was a great explanation. Thank you. Melissa, do you have anything that you want to add? I'm just curious what this new office will continue to look like as the Jake and DDS merge with other components. I think that it's interesting that the Jake only just launched in 2018 and DDS launched in 2015. That makes them relatively new areas of DOD, and they're both emerging as very important parts that contribute a lot of work and resources to the rest of DOD. So my eyes will be peeled for how 
the joining of digital services and AI work at DOD will continue to evolve in the future. Sounds like there is a lot of change happening in the federal IT space, and I look forward to keeping up with any updates over the next couple of weeks and months. We'll be back in two weeks for a recap of our next virtual event, AIGov Data. But until then, that's all for today's Flywheel Fridays. If you enjoyed this episode, keep the conversation turning by subscribing and leaving a review on the podcast platform of your choice. I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Melissa Harris. I'm Nikki Henderson. Thank you for listening. Flywheel Fridays, along with GovCast, HealthCast, and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released weekly across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.